told y'all each and every week, I was going to have a special guest. And this week, I have the most specialist of guests. I got my man, Keon Grissom. He's a production assistant for Turner Sports, and he just got out the bubble. No, he's not Paul George. He didn't lose. He didn't, he didn't collapse and had to leave the bubble. He left on his own will. So how are you doing this? Hey, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm feeling blessed, man. Glad to be here. So, you know, let's start from day one. When did you find out or when did you get notified that there was going to be an NBA bubble? Um, I found out um, around February, kind of the same time as everybody else did. Um, as soon as the news broke that uh, the NBA was going to do the uh, was going to do a bubble, we um, immediately made plans um, because we kind of figured that something like this was going to happen with reports and rumors going around. So we were just trying to be prepared as much as we could. Okay, so once you got the call said that you are you essential you need to be at work you need to be in this bubble what was the the immediate thoughts that you know you you're about to be in this historic moment in sports history um you know i'm not, I'm not even gonna lie a uh, little bit was uncomfortable because we this is still fairly new and i know it's been several months now but we still don't know as much as uh, we probably should or, or could when it comes to COVID-19. So um, when I first got the news that uh, I was still going to be going and, and of course, uh, Turner Sports asked, didn't just uh, say, you know, you're going to the bubble, but um, you know, we, I was, I was kind of uncomfortable, but at the same time I was like, yo, this, this is history. And um, you know, shout out to the NBA because no COVID test from day one to today's it till today. So they, they did it right. They uh, did the right protocols. Um, and you know, if it, 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 it was never broken, so they never had to fix it. That, that is true. <clears throat> so uh, phase one of the plan for the resumption of the season started in June. When did you arrive to the bubble uh, did you go earlier to start setting up or when did you get to uh, Orlando? Um, so I was doing other projects um, while the NBA um, seating games were going on. So I didn't go until right before the playoffs on August 14th. Um, uh, everything was kind of prepared already. So all I had to do was come in and update some things uh, before, you know, getting to work and actually um, helping, helping broadcast and produce these games. So, okay, so everything's working, um, you know, you get there in August, the seeding game's already going on, you're getting ready for the playoffs. Day one, you get there, how long did you have to quarantine in, until you was able to get to work? Um, so it was a two-day quarantine. Um, I got tested as soon as I uh, got into the hotel. So, so how, was, how was that? So you walk in, you have your mask on. Take me through the steps. So, yeah, uh, got out of my car with my mask, had my bags, went up to the front desk, uh, checked in, and they immediately um, escorted me to, to a room, and and I needed to get tested right then and there. Um, right um, after that, uh, testing didn't come until 
um, 17 hours to 48 hours. Uh, I didn't get mine until 48, so I had to basically kind of stay in my room um, until I got my results. Then I was able to kind of, you know, walk around um, the lobby. Um, a lot of things were closed in the hotel, like uh, couldn't go to the gym. Um, so, you, you know, you just had to be careful about a, a lot of things and, and um, not not the regular hotel amenities that you probably had. I couldn't go to the spa or anything like that. So, um, yeah, you just had to be uh, mindful of, of where you went. And, um, of course, you could not leave hotel premises to kind of go anywhere else. Okay, so uh, the COVID test. Take me through like how the test was. So um, it was a swab or. Um, yeah, so um, literally, yeah, it was a swab up the nose, both nostrils um, didn't go all the way to the back of the brain, but basically, basically <laughs> just, a, just a straight swab of the nose, quick work, um, uh, you know, just basically got my name, got my information and then that was it. And then that test was um, once you got, the, you know, the you went through your initial quarantine phase, that was the same test that you went through every other day? Yeah. So um, really, really twice a week, um, uh, you could have done it. Uh, I'd had to do it multiple times. There there was a day I, I did miss it, <clears throat> miss it, but... <clears throat> after the day that I missed it, um, you know, I had to go like three days in a row just to make sure that my test would come back conclusive um, okay. before I, I actually um, went to a different to a to a new game. Now, um, <clears throat> those 17 to 48 hours after the test, you know, you said that you had to stay in your room. How is it being cooped up in the room? You know, a lot of players were coming out saying some of the, the mental stresses that they was going through with being in that bubble, you know, how is it being cooped up, confined to a hotel room, like you say, without the amenities? I'll say it like this. Uh, I was stressed. Um, I, I was so stressed being in a five-star hotel makes me know that I could never make it in jail. Um, <laughs> like, like I, that's how I always kind of explained it. If I didn't have my my PlayStation with me, I probably would have gone crazy. Okay, okay. You was on that Call of Duty. What you was on? You was oh on man, I, I was on. You know, Two K came out while we were in the bubble. Madden came out when we were in the bubble. Basically, I was buying any new video game I could I could find. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay, so. You know, some, what are some of the, the, the stresses that you were feeling? Um, you know, the, the, I guess the biggest thing was just missing family and friends. Like, um, it, it, it's just like being around somebody over and over and over again and not having a break. It, it felt the, the pattern was always the same. You, you wake up, you get a test, you come back, you go to work, you come back. You get a test, you come like, and it's just that cycle over and over again. There was really nothing new for you to do. Uh, like I, me being, um, you know, I live in Atlanta, so I, I, I hang out with friends, you know, go bowling 
um, sometimes being able just to walk outside and go to the park or anything, you, you kind of miss those little things that you probably didn't even do. Like not having a gym. I'm, I'm not a, a fit guy like that, but the first thing that I do. No, nah, you got to boast your, you got to boast yourself up. You <laughs> but the first thing I did when I, when I got back home was I, I started working out just because I, I missed, I, 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 there was no gym access. So I was like, look, I, I need to get in a gym. I need to work out just because of the fact of I wasn't able to do it. Okay. That's, that's, I, man, you know, just, regular life outside kind of feels like that too. So I, I understand, uh, you know, how amplified it would have been in that bubble. Did you partake in any of the golfing or in the fishing or y'all wasn't able to partake in it? So uh, the, the players were in a different hotel and the, and the players were able to go fishing. Um, we did have golf at our, our at our hotel, the, the staff and production. Um, I am not a golfer. Um, plus you would have still had to pay and I honestly was not going to pay to learn how to golf as well as golf so pay so the everything that was the amenities that were in the bubble it cost y'all most definitely yeah we, we still had to pay um you know for if, if we wanted to go golfing we still had to pay uh food is we still got to pay um granted we get our, our per diem but of course yeah we still we still had to pay um um to do you know recreational activities that that cost money so was it regular like resort five-star resort it, you're at disney prices or kind of was it you know they, they cut y'all a break. Um, I think it, it, if if you go to like any type of country club or or golfers resort, uh, the same type of prices. Not not necessarily no any upcharge or discount like that. Okay, okay. So um, the food. So how? Tell me about the food. We got a lot of gripe on Twitter about the food. What's your take on the food? So there was different ways you can get food. Uh. I know people looked at a couple pictures and, and, and everything, but no, you, the, the hotel food was good. Granted, it is going to be expensive because it's hotel food, but at the same time, okay. you could have got Uber Eats, Postmates, anything uh, just delivered. You just had to make sure that you were outside to collect your delivery, still have your mask on, um, and none of your delivery people can walk inside the hotel. Oh, that's not that bad. So, so the guy, the player that left the bubble, he must have really went far to go meet the Postmates guy. <laughs> hey man, uh, yo, uh, Lemon Pepper Lou, um, you know it, it. It it comes situations where hey, if you need that chicken, go get that chicken. There's just gonna be so, consequences with it. Now, with that Magic City chicken, is it? I, I haven't been to Magic City. Is the chicken? everything that people rave about there are people that go to magic city for the food alone i i will okay i i can actually say i have been one of those guys to go just for the food alone the food is absolutely amazing uh their wings are probably top 15 wings in atlanta okay Okay, so I have to make a stop. Make sure I get me some uh, some thighs out of Magic City. Absolutely, uh, so make sure. <laughs> and uh, you got to get lemon pepper wet. Got to get lemon pepper. Yeah, I got to get the the Lou lemon pepper wings. 
Hey man, it, hey look, I when I heard it and every and, and he and he had the 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 reasoning saying, look, I just want to go get some chicken. I I I somewhat believed him because that's no, I literally how too. good the chicken is. Because if I had a choice of going there or just going to like Bojangles or Popeyes or churches, I'm gonna go to Magic City. <laughs> Plus they, they ain't flexing if you got it. That is true. It is also true. So, all right, what, you know, so you're in this bubble, uh, you're working every day. What's some of the, the joyous experiences that you have? Like, what's, what was the first wild thing that you experienced when you got in the bubble? Like, man, this happened. Mm, it'll be kind of like two different things. The wild aspect probably would be it's Florida. So you're seeing these I, I've never seen a wild turkey before. <laughs> um, okay. I I got word that there were snakes near our campus and I am extremely afraid of snakes. So me being worrisome walking um to my car to get to go to the bubble and, and afraid to see snakes. Um, that that's probably the most wild thing. Um, the most joyous thing is that you you're watching basketball. At the end of the day, like we all all of us there are fans of the game, and so watching what four buzzer beaters, game winners, to watch the Phoenix Suns go undefeated in the seeding games, even though they didn't make the playoffs. The, the interaction between players, uh, interaction between family and players. Uh, um, it was just such a, a refreshing scene and kind of felt normal again watching basketball. So, all right. So what was the first game that you worked and you were watching? Work watching. Man, I... I cannot tell you I remember from all the games I've done. Um, I, I can say the most memorable will be a game that didn't even happen, and that was uh, we were supposed to do the Orlando Magic and the Milwaukee Bucks on um, NBA TV, wow. and um, literally, we're, we're, we go there for a regular day. As we set up. Um, we're getting ready, and then like 10 minutes before the uh, the game, you know, the magic uh, come out to do their warmups and, you know, we're just waiting for the bucks and no bucks are coming out. And then, um, you know, we get word that bucks are thinking about boycotting. This isn't even, it wasn't even set in stone yet. And, um, you know, of course you're, you're in the back and you, you, you ask them questions. Do you think they're really going to boycott? Do you really think there's going to, and uh, me personally, I was one of those guys like, oh, if they ain't come out yet, it's, it's over with. <laughs> like, yo, so um, that that was the most craziest moment because it was a it was a moment in history, um, not just for sports, but for what's been going on in 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 2020 um, and, and with, um, you know, this and social injustice going around. So um, to see that, to, to hear the the um, interview and a press conference after with uh, George Hill and Sterling Brown, it was monumental. And, and to be a little bit part of that, you know, we, we talked, uh, we, um, 
we we had Jim Jackson on our air. He was going to be the color analyst for the game and for him to speak on what was going on. And then as well as Chris Weber um, and shout out to them. And then seeing Kenny Smith walk out the studio back in Atlanta, you know, it, right. it showed how powerful that day was and how monumental that day was. Even if um, we didn't get the results that we won for, um, you know, like uh, that was for uh, Jacob Blake, um, the shooting that happened with Jacob Blake. But, um, you know, they, they wanted results and, and they didn't really get the results they wanted with uh, Breonna Taylor, but it was still such a monumental day. Right. So, you know, um, take me through the emotions of, you know, you as a black man sitting there while everything was going on. And you seeing, like you said, once you realize they're not coming out, it's not happening. And then you start seeing everything start trickling, unfolding, kind of like, where was your head at with everything? Like, were you just like, you know what, I'm with them. You know, I don't think we should be working right now. Um, No, you know, for us being journalists, this is the time to work. Um, Different from the players. I was very proud of what the players did. Um, as well as the fact of just before that situation, um, and, and you, you would know this too, as, as black people, we were, we were just exhausted and it was, it was too, too much. much. And, um, you know, I, as I said, I was proud of the players and it, it, it caused dialogue between my, my white counterparts that were at the bubble and, um, not necessarily saying that they, they got on board of what everybody was doing or anything like that. There, you know, there's some that agree, there's some that disagree, but to create that conversation was definitely needed. Um, I, I felt happy to give my point of view to people that had questions, um, you know, told, told my, my, my black coworkers, yo, I love them. Um, especially because, you know, it, it could have been us and, um, you know, we people hearing our stories of, of not just what happened to what you see on the news, but what actually happens to us um, personally. You know, I have stories, other black coworkers have stories and and it always it, it's such a wow moment for our white counterparts, because even though they see it happening on the news, they still can't believe that it's such a common instance sometimes. So, um you know, that situation created, well, in, in, in just the bubble alone, I think it created a little bit of unity to the point of understanding where we were coming from as as um, as black people. And, I, you know, and I 100 percent agree with all points that you made, because, you know, even here at my station, um, you know, uh, my coworker, Greg Larner, he's, you know, he's from up north and, you know, it's, it is different up there than it is down here, down south. So when I was just taking him through some of the things that I went through, you know, purchasing a new BMW car and being pulled over multiple times in my BMW versus my Pontiac G6 that I had rims and tin on. Never got pulled over, but I without 10 on my BMW, I got pulled over at least six times without getting a ticket. And he just never understood. So I think, like you said, it starts the conversation. And once they understand, I think then we can start he- the healing process and then start growing to just be better yeah. humans. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. And, and I'm sorry that's happening to you. Like, same situation with me. I had a, 
um, a navy blue Ford Explorer that I got pulled over maybe twice a month um, ever since I've had the truck and never got a ticket. And and every time I like call in, hey, Keon, why are you late to work? And I'm like in another situation. And, you know, some of my white coworkers would literally be like, yo, I, you can't be getting pulled over this much. And I'm like, yeah, you, you would think not. But yeah. hey, look, it, it, it's real out here for us. So It's definitely real. Um, so, okay, you work in the playoffs. This was a wild playoff. You know, we saw the Bucks number one seat get taken out the playoffs. Like, how do you feel as though the game of basketball – I'm pretty sure you've seen, you know, countless amount of games. How was it different? Everybody kept saying AAU-style basketball. Your eyes was actually there. What can you say was the biggest difference? Hey, look, no fans. Uh, you, you got them virtual fans, but that's way different than hearing the heckling, hearing the 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 crowd, the hearing the vibe. Like, people don't understand the vibrations of the floor when you're actually there. It, it it means a lot um, when it comes to the players. It, I definitely said it was the it, it. This is the greatest AAU basketball tournament of all time because you got those guys like TJ Warren. Um, you saw Tyler Hero go off against the Celtics in the, in the last series. Um, you see Jeremy Grant putting work on LeBron a little bit in the Western Conference Finals. I think that all has to do with just fans. There's no home court advantage. So you have to use your talents. Um, of course, coaches are still going to have playbooks and stuff like that. But, yo, a lot of it is heart. And, and um, you know, it's a lot a different feel, especially when your family wasn't there. And then next thing you know, your families do come. Um, you know, you, you can see the personality changes. You can see all of that um, when they're on the court. You can see how sluggish that they were. Like, the Denver Nuggets went through two game sevens before meeting with the Lakers. They never really got a break. So, no. you saw the fatigue. You saw the patterns. You saw, like, it, it was at a point in time, you you knew if somebody was going to the basket, you knew if somebody was settling for a jump shot, three Three seconds before they make an action, because you, because you seeing the fatigue exactly. on the court, like you seeing them walking up the court, you see them drenching sweat, and you know I, I noticed. Well, I wouldn't say you know the Nuggets, like you say the Nuggets. Well, this last series, this last game against the Lakers, like I said, I saw everybody was like super tired, but I kept noticing it with the Rockets. I don't know if you did any Rockets game, but it seems like James Harden. The last four minutes of every game, he was just done. Uh, well, hey, uh, people will probably say James Harden's been that way since since he's been in every playoffs. <laughs> but nah, um, no, no, you you definitely do see that fatigue, and and you you're looking towards other players to kind of step up way more than I think you would a regular playoffs because of the fact of 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 the situation. You we we got to understand that. Usually, when it when it comes to uh, basketball in the regular playoffs, uh, it it can go a game on Monday, game on Wednesday, but then you're flying to a different city, so you get three days of rest instead of one day of rest. Here in the bubble, mm-hmm. your games are literally Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, 
Tuesday, Thursday. So there, there's no real rest unless you won games early and, and your next opponent is still in, in, a, in a different series. So it was a true advantage for the Lakers keep closing out games in five, whether you had the Clippers and the Nuggets go to seven. And then um, now on the, the opposite end, uh, they get a, a Heat team that gets some time to rest also. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a, a great matchup between this Lakers Heat team. It's a lot of storylines. You know, it's a lot of good, good, uh, memories, a lot of bad memories on both ends. So this, I think this is going to be, you know, a great, like you say, AAU-style championship game. Um, so I saw also that you said that you were in the elevator on Facebook with the Clippers <laughs> owner, yeah. the richest owner, the richest owner in all of sports. I think he's worth like $70 billion. <laughs> yeah. How was that feeling being that close to somebody worth that amount um, of money? You know, the first time I saw him, it was after a Clippers loss to the Dallas Mavericks. And Ooh. and it was in the morning. Um, I think we both had to get our COVID test. And um it was you know, I being in our business, I don't get starstruck seeing people. Right. But I got right, starstruck right. seeing money. And, and and that's what it was. It was we we were on the same floor in the in the hotel. So us being at the elevator a lot wasn't you know was not uncommon. So uh, I think I, I've been in the elevator with him nine times since I've been in the bubble. I've been in the elevator with Pat Riley four times. Um, wow. Wh- yeah. What? So it, was, it was one of those situations where it was like. Gosh, as I said, like out of all the hard things that people went through, the hardest thing for me was not asking this dude with all this money to not help me with my student loans, my college student loans. <laughs> like that, it, 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 but you're also around just this greatness. You're around Pat Riley, and and that's man, that's that's like a 007 agent. He just sees. Was he that cool? Oh, was his hair he got, like he lit up too? Aura. He has that aura where. <laughs> he's the coolest dude in the room and and you know with Steve Ballmer it, you know you see him so active and, and energetic on the court um I get I can say one thing this man does not have a poker face um you know when he's upset okay you know when he's happy um and that's even even through a mask <laughs> um so it, it's a it was crazy you know, being around them just because it's a, it's a whole lot of money <laughs> and um, whole lot of Ooh, money and a um, whole lot of money, but it was so cool being around them. And it, it's crazy saying that because I'm around basketball players all the time, but um, you know, just seeing a dude that made it from, you know, just the, tr- the trenches <clears throat> to now crazy. Is is it's crazy. So, what about um, I, you're around? I know working in production, you're around tons and tons of players. What player would you say gave you like the most interaction? You know, like some players just just pick you out of all reasons to just be your homie of the day or the weekend. Sometimes, did you have any of that type of encounter? Uh, no, not there? really with the with the um, active players in the league or anything like that. 
Um, I'm not really around them that that much in order for us to have conversation like that. Um, the, the the most conversation okay. I have is with my talent, and um, that's uh, Chris Weber and, okay. and Reggie Miller, who are amazing, amazing people. Um, some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, and uh, they are they we we have the normal conversation. They these are guys that we can have sports conversations with, and they they actually take what you say seriously. They. They they understand that you are in this business for a reason, so they they'll take what 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 you have to offer when it comes to you know talking about a, a specific player or how a guy plays on the court. Um, they're not, of course, everybody has their bias because they are professional athletes and been on the court, um, but they also take your point of view into consideration, and that's what I appreciate about them because. You know, with with us being sports journalists, like <laughs> we we study them too a little bit, and, and probably not not as much as right. as Reggie or Chris, but we 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 uh, gain knowledge from them even more from what we also study. No, one hundred percent. Now, just to go a little back, uh, I know that they had like like magic bands that they said that, you know, uh, went off of you was too close to people and it, it told you kind of like your oxygenization of your, your blood and stuff. Did nah, you have to so wear we, one of them? We had three different zones, green, yellow, and red. And so uh, with that, um, if you were in the green zone, which I think is like near the Players Hotel and stuff like that, sideline reporters, then you had those special bands. For us, regular bands, just like you would go to a VIP club. Um and just okay. make sure you you stick to your zone. So literally, my zone was uh, if I got out the hotel, I need to be directly at my production truck, in in, in the cafeteria okay. that was uh, assigned to us. Okay, that's not, I mean that's not bad. That's not terrible. So, but but they they just kept so it was production employees, talent, players, yeah, and coaches. And usually, you know, that. Uh, depending on where you're, you're, what you do, you might get the yellow, which means that if you do go into like a green zone, then you would, um, you would, uh, you would have to be very exclusive to actually going in there. So if if you needed to go see talent, or if you had to drop something off at someone's desk or something like that. Okay, so so Doris Burke yeah. can go wherever she want to go. <laughs> also another wonderful talent that I've met and just amazing amazing person oh no I love me some Doris Doris is uh, a legend you know legend she she holds no punches and that's what is needed especially in this temperament of 2020 exactly. and life uh, but I appreciate you giving me a, a walking me through your historic experience of this NBA bubble that we can say went 100% oh, man, well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I appreciate um, you even considered talking to me, man. I, um, it was, it was definitely an experience, uh, ups and downs, but um, I do not regret going whatsoever. And when that 30 for 30 comes out and I got my children, I could say, yo, I was there. <laughs> 